most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of the Fantasy Flex Podcast right here on the Action Network. It's been statistician Dane Martinez, Samantha Praviti, and Mike Triplett joining us as per our new normal as we look at what happened in week six and kind of look forward to week seven. And I got to start, guys, we're, we're almost at the trading deadline of the NFL season, maybe of your fantasy season. And while it's not like basketball or baseball or other sports, there is some movement movement in the NFL. I know a lot of people saw Robbie Anderson on the sidelines in Carolina yesterday looking almost like Antonio Brown getting sent home in the second half. And then today we hear he has been traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this is really interesting because uh, Hollywood Brown got banged up in that game against Seattle. We also know DeAndre Hopkins has ended his suspension and he's on the horizon. So, Samantha, I got to ask you Kyla Murray is going to have not one but two new wide receivers to throw to from this week what do you expect because to be honest DeAndre Hopkins used to be a target monster what is it going to look like now with the new crew in town in Arizona Sure. I think that DeAndre Hopkins, well, at least like last year, I didn't think that he was that much of a target monster so much as a monster of targets in the end zone, which is important Mm -hmm. for fantasy, of course. So he's going to get a lot of the scoring opportunities, which is why I was concerned about him returning for uh, Marquise Brown's fantasy value. Of course, that's kind of out the window at this point, but he's going to be the most valuable pass catcher on that team, maybe save Zach Ertz at this point. But um, Robbie, as far as Robbie Anderson is concerned, by the way, as a Panthers fan, just watching this whole week go down, I mean, it's like, it's painful. Like We are becoming a sideshow at this point. Like it's, it's a big joke. So um, with Robbie Anderson, I, I don't have too, too much optimism that he's going to be super fantasy relevant right out of the gate. I mean, it's a short week, so I doubt he'll even play on Thursday, but then after that, Again, I mean, he wasn't really fantasy viable before, and he was probably like the second option on that on the Carolina team. Now, very different quarterback situation, very different offensive situation. But still, if he's pretty buried on that depth chart, like Rondell Moore has been looking really good. He's averaging nine targets a game in the last two games. So I think that he's going to be a major piece and he gets a big upgrade with Marquise Brown going down. All right, fair enough. To be honest, I have cause for pause for anybody that's not named DeAndre Hopkins or Zach Ertz. I want to see how the secondary and tertiary targets mix in. But Mike, what do you think? One of the things Samantha said was a very different offense. Is it really? Because Arizona has been struggling on offense as well, was not able to muster up too much um, yesterday against the Seahawks. What do you think about the movement and what happens when the dust settles? Yeah, well, I I don't know about when the dust settles, but I was also going to say in the very short term, I think Rondell Moore could be a great play for one more week um, while they're trying to figure out if Robbie Anderson and even DeAndre Hopkins will be heavily involved. Even though he's healthy, it's going to be a short week of practice for that Thursday night game. 
Meanwhile, Rondell Moore has been playing more than 90% of the snaps over the last three weeks. And the Saints have had a lot of trouble defending the slot, especially with Marshawn Lattimore out. That sort of led to a, a ladder effect or a domino effect, I should say. And, and that's what Joe Burrow did all day was just, just pick on the slot. Uh, because the Saints were down to Chris Harris, who they just picked up uh, off the street working the slot. So I like Rondell Moore as a one-week solution because he's the only constant uh, among Arizona's receiving core. But eventually, DeAndre Hopkins is is probably the one guy, the only one guy you will consistently want in your lineup for fantasy purposes. Yeah, absolutely. And these guys make a great note. Okay, the Arizona Cardinals get going again on Thursday night football, the amazing product that is Thursday night football. And so anybody who's new to the stable may have to take some time to kind of get their uh, feet under them, shall we say. But let's look at this at the Carolina side, guys. I mean, we know now that Robbie Anderson is gone. We heard trade buzz around Christian McCaffrey. And, And Samantha, I'll start with you. If you're a McCaffrey owner or, you know, any owner about a guy who who is has trade rumors what do you do you know because he could go to a situation that's more watermelon than grape he could go to a situation where he has a bigger sliver than what he had I guess there is no bigger sliver than what McCaffrey <laughs> already has right now but how do you treat this when you have your players that are kind of being rumored about to go to other places would you ever I don't know make a trade or ahead of time for like 90 cents on the dollar thinking it's going to be better than what you see later on do you hold old do you ever kind of anticipate these moves and make moves because of that yeah I don't think that I would try to move Christian McCaffrey right now because unlike some other situations where like someone's going from like a really good quarter like if if someone gets traded from the bills for instance and then they're going to obviously take a probably will probably take a massive downgrade in quarterback he's kind of playing with the worst of the worst at this point so while the opportunities might not be the same I still think that he will excel in most systems I mean if if a coach can't make him excel then the coach needs to be fired I mean he is just such a special player in my opinion so I think that I would probably still hold on to him. That said, I would think about rostering Deontay Foreman or Chuba Hubbard at this point, just because uh, they could end up being the RB1 and being an RB1 in that grape maybe isn't that exciting, but it still touches. So certainly it would be worth uh, considering rostering. Yeah, that's true. You know, for me, what's interesting, of course, you know, if a coach can't get it out of him, then who else can, right? But I just think, like, let's say, for example, and I don't know this, if he goes to a Baltimore, a Buffalo, a Kansas City, one of these other highly dynamic offenses, they have other options already entrenched, you know? It's not like all of a sudden Stefan Diggs is going to get less touches because, you know, McCann. Afri is there. Sometimes these guys, when they go to the playoff team, they become just a piece of the puzzle, just the kind of cherry on top. And that kind of changes their usage a little bit. But Mike, I got to ask you, Carolina is another team in the NFC South. I know you are obviously have your fingers on the pulse of these teams. Is it going to be a fire sale in Carolina? Like, should we expect more moves? I mean, DJ Moore was also kind of in the news with some trade buzz around him as well. Yeah, I mean, I I was told that, you know, there's probably a little more smoke than fire around Mm. Christian McCaffrey trade rumors, but I think everything is on the table with Carolina. Uh, um, They're following Samantha's advice from last week and thinking about what quarterback they want to draft uh, next year already. But um, so you can't rule it out. And and I think, look, I think in general, it's a smart play. Whether you believe he's going to be traded or not, um, it's always a smart play to back up a, a running back 
like that with an end of roster spot for, for injury's sake. I, I had an open roster spot at the last second. And so I was just like, who's available? And I picked up Rashad white. Cause you just never know. Um, you know, sure. Leonard Fournette gets hurt all of a sudden Rashad white is the new Ken Walker. Uh, the only problem is we don't really have that in Carolina. I do think both Deontay Fortman and Tuba Hubbard would be big pickups uh the next week uh they'd be hot commodities but i from everything i've been told they would split the workload there would be no no one go-to guy there so that makes it a little tougher and i hope dj Moore gets traded i have him on two teams and it looks like there is no hope for him now in carolina yeah, it's true. I mean, he and Baker Mayfield may have different um, opinions on what defines being open in the NFL. And I got to admit it to you guys. I'm just doing this because I have been hurt by this before over in fantasy baseball. I play sometimes in AL or NL only leagues, and I have someone who gets traded to the other league and then poof, they're gone. They're out of the player universe altogether. And so because I've been burned with that, sometimes I do try to anticipate what the roles may look like moving forward. But Mike, when we have you you on, we also always got to ask about what's going on in New Orleans. Now, there were reports that Andy Dalton has kind of, you know, helped New Orleans matriculate the ball down the field. We talk about Taysom Hill all the time, and it looks like Jameis could have potentially been back yesterday for pure health reasons, but the Saints still went with Andy Dalton. Is there a chance that Andy Dalton just becomes QB1 in New Orleans? I think it's a little in between. Uh, Jameis Winston was healthy enough, but Dennis Allen clarified to be the emergency third quarterback yesterday. It would have been Taysom Hill as the number two if anything happened, and, and then Jameis would have come in only in case of emergency. So he's not quite 100% yet, gotcha. and I think that's what the Saints are waiting for. Um, you know, if this was Drew Brees in his prime, they probably would have trotted him out there. You're good enough. To, you're good enough to be in uniform. We're going to put you out there. But I think Jameis only gets his job back when he's really close to 100% since Andy Dalton has been pretty stabilizing. And I do think there is a possibility that Andy Dalton could win the job, but the clock's kind of ticking on him now. He, I don't know, his performance was pretty good against Cincinnati, especially in the first half, but then they kind of fizzled out in the second half on offense and let that game get away from him. And I, I think partly let an opportunity to, to try to cement that job, get away. So now he's got Arizona on Thursday. And if he's just pretty good again, uh, then I think maybe it is Jameis Winston after they get that mini buy after that. Okay. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, Mike, when it comes to the Saints, you know, prolific running back Alvin Kamara has been in the news because it seems like um, a case from the offseason may potentially start to get adjudicated. Now, my question is not about, you know, culpability or anything like that, but from a cold, hard fantasy standpoint. Now, I remember a few years ago when Ezekiel Elliott kind of had an issue that was in process and then he got suspended in the middle of the season into the fantasy playoffs people were wondering will he or won't he get suspended and I got to tell you the truth Mike I have similar questions about Alvin Kamara right now given the fact that the process is now ongoing is there a chance that we may see Alvin Kamara get a mid-season suspension because if so I'm running to the waiver wire I'm grabbing Mark Ingram among others yeah he's Mark Ingram is probably a safer bet than either of the Carolina guys we talked to because of I think it's a small chance that he gets suspended this year, but but also an injury chance. Mark Ingram is a guy who would all of a sudden have a major workload. Uh, so that is one of those guys that that maybe becomes a smart use your bench spot on that. As for Kamara's situation, the good thing that has happened for for delaying any possible suspension is his trial 
has been postponed, postponed, postponed. I shouldn't even say trial. His preliminary court dates have been postponed. They've never even set a date. So I don't think there's any way that case gets resolved in time for him to be suspended this season. The only wild card is what if he reaches a plea agreement at some point? What if they, they go to their next court date? Uh, he, he, you know, pleads to something lesser and, and that's it. The case has been resolved. All of a sudden the NFL can act. Now in that case, it wouldn't be a felony. So it probably wouldn't be a major suspension, but there's just that outside possibility. But I, I, I don't think it's enough to be really actionable, but it is a reason that if you're trying to decide between Mark Ingram or Chuba Hubbard, maybe you go with Mark Ingram. Fair enough. I'm just saying I would hate to all of a sudden have Alvin Kamara be your running back one. You're a team that's like seven and one ticketed for the playoffs. And then all of a sudden you lose your stud fantasy asset going into the fantasy playoffs. So just wanted to keep everybody aware of that. Have that on your radar. If you are a uh, someone who has Alvin Kamara or potentially has a guy like Mark Ingram already as a bench stash could be a more valuable commodity in the future. One other topic, Samantha, I want to ask you about before we start to dive into the waivers uh, like we usually do here on fantasy flex position by position is we've got a couple of other quarterbacks now potentially on the comeback trail. Now we see that maybe Dak Prescott may be back under center for Dallas. We see that Tua may be back under center for Miami coming up next week. And I don't know, but Bailey Zappi got a win. We may see Mac Jones back as well. Do you have any notes or thoughts about these potential returning quarterbacks who may be coming back to play. Sure. I mean, with the Cowboys situation, I told you this, that I go on San Antonio radio yeah. and they ask, they have now asked me like three weeks in a row, like, <laughs> what do you think about the quarterback competition in Dallas? And I'm like, I don't know that there really is one, but uh, I think that he is now turned back into a pumpkin uh, Cooper rush that is. And maybe he was just colluding with Dak and he's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stink this game. So you can come back or something like that. But um, no, I mean, I think that it'll be a welcome sort of uh, return for all of these skill position players, including CD lamb and, and uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard and everything like that. Dalton Schultz has, has been pretty banged up. So he's not been like fantasy relevant or anything like that. But um, yeah, and then in, in Miami, of course, like that's been a total crap show. I mean, Skylar Thompson ended up getting uh, yeah. injured very early in that game. Teddy Bridgewater had to come in. He was actually pretty good, but I think Tua will also be a pretty good upgrade. I mean, the, the, just remember how we were talking about the Dolphins and their right. offense a few weeks ago before that injury. I mean, it was obviously awful, and I'm glad that the NFL seems like they're like taking a little bit more time bringing players back, which kind of stinks for fantasy. Like as a Chris Olave manager, uh, I did miss him in my lineup. I had to start Garrett Wilson. So you can imagine how that matchup went, but uh, yeah. yeah, but for sure uh, that, that will be a, a welcome change for the Miami offense. Listen, Tyreek Hill still did work yesterday, over oh, 170 yards, <laughs> absolutely. But we did say to keep an eye on guys like Raheem Mostert and potentially Mike Gesicki, and Gesicki got into the end zone twice in week six, kind of rewarding you if you listen to the Fantasy Flex. That's what you need to do here on the Action Network. 
Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards and a football number or points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Let's get into it now. Turn the page. Look towards the waiver wire. And I got to make a note. We have different teams on by this week. And we're talking about heavy hitters. The Bills are on by in week seven. The Vikings are on by in week seven. The undefeated Eagles and the Rams. Like you could have a Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson wide out core. And if you do, I want to be in that league because whoever you're drafting against is messing up. But there are big time people that could be out and I want to make this note before we dive in, Samantha. We also have, if you remember, the teams from last week coming off of by Las Vegas, Tennessee, Detroit, among others. And you should always check. It's always worth a check. Someone the previous week may have had a big time roster crunch and had to drop someone who, quite frankly, is legitimately viable and left them out there because of the bye week issues. There could be some Titans, some Raiders that are out there that are definitely viable. For example, Hunter Renfro, which should be on rosters, is only on 62% of rosters. Robert Woods, who may be the number one wideout in Tennessee now, is only on 62% of rosters so we don't just give you a fish we teach you (laughs) how to fish and looking back at the teams who are coming off by is always an important strategy but with that being said samantha who are we potentially looking at this week because we've got josh allen kirk cousins jalen hurts and matthew stafford on by yeah and just to add to what you're saying about the teams on by jameson williams is a guy to definitely keep an eye out for because most leagues you don't have to take a roster spot for if you have ir spots he is ir eligible until he's he's fully activated and obviously the guy is super super talented has like four three speed didn't run at the combine but he's one of my favorite prospects out of this year's class so i would say definitely keep an eye on him i have him stashed in like a million leagues and i'm hoping that he is as good as advertised um But for the quarterbacks, there's actually a number of guys like this is not a great uh, waiver wire week, but quarterback is actually pretty good. So I'm going to start with Jimmy G uh, 39% rostered had his best game of the year last week and then had another great game or great for him Um, completed 29 of 41 attempts for 296 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, it didn't translate to a win here, but we're talking about fantasy. Like I, it doesn't always translate one-to-one. So I did talk about him as a one or two week streaming option, obviously last week with the Falcons and he's got Kansas city this week who has been allowing the 
third most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. So I think he's a pretty high floor option. Like he's pretty safe. I don't think he's going to give you 30 points, but he could, I feel like his floor is like 15 points, which is pretty good uh, for a guy that you kind of just need to plug and play. Matt Ryan actually looked pretty good. Uh, the Colts offense finally showing signs of life in the 34 to 27 win over the Jags. Uh, the run game looked solid, which is weird because Jonathan Taylor wasn't there. Uh, the offensive line actually held its own and Ryan was near perfect. Uh, 58 passing attempts in that game for uh, 385 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, currently the QB two. So he's got the Titans on deck, have allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. So those would probably be my top two targets other guys that I would be looking at Daniel Jones Marcus Mariota like those in Justin Justin Fields those would be three guys that just give you a nice floor with the rushing like Justin Fields has been averaging over 50 uh rushing yards per game in like the last couple of games so um it's not always the prettiest but it seems to get the job done for fantasy what about you Mike any quarterbacks that are on your radar that may be you know not more heavily rostered in fantasy these days First of all, since Samantha went next level with Jameson Williams, I'll go next, next level. How about, how about, and this, this is a pretty bad waiver wire week. So how about if you have that first waiver wire priority, look for kicker Daniel Carlson. Everybody want to drop him last week. You can yes. at least, you can at least say, well, I have the best kicker for the rest of the year. I'm sure if you have the first waiver priority, that won't solve anything, but, uh, <laughs> but, but there's one to go look for. But now um, look, the quarterbacks, I, I think, uh, uh, they punished us for trying to chase the hot hand this week because the the biggest pickups in previous weeks were Carson Wentz and Geno Smith, and and they didn't get the job done this week. This week it was Mariota and it was uh, Bailey Zappi and it, it was right. Matt Ryan out of nowhere. So uh, the last thing I want to do is 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 try to chase the guy who I think I can count on for for the rest of the year. Um, Dak Prescott's only 78% roster. So that would be very exciting. Not in any of my leagues, but, uh, but I think Mariota, the one, the one good thing about Mariota is a, he, uh, he found Kyle Pitts finally realized he's allowed to throw to him in the end zone, but with Atlanta winning, he might actually hold on to that job. Uh, I think one of the fears with him was that maybe Desmond Ritter is lurking around the corner. Maybe has a little bit more job security. That's, that's one of the few things that makes somebody on this list stand out. No, absolutely. And and going back to some of Samantha's ideas, I got to tell you, I personally would much rather Jimmy G than Matt Ryan. We've made this point before that Jimmy G did not have a training camp, is only starting to build. And like Samantha's saying, kind of the arrow continues to be pointing up the matchup this week against Kansas City. You could expect a negative game script, one where it is again on the arm of Jimmy Garoppolo, whereas Matt Ryan is going to be welcoming back Jonathan Taylor into the fold. So so I could understand if the Colts actually go a little bit more run heavy down the road, but we will find out for me, it's Jimmy G throwing, uh, trying to keep up with Patty Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs. What about this running back um, position, Samantha? I mean, we've got legitimate guys on by when it comes to the running back position, you know, whether it's a Dalvin cook, whether it's a Miles Sanders, whether it's now a Daryl Henderson, we've got other reasons we may have to replace guys. And we're talking, about you know trade buds for some others who are some running backs you have on the radar this week sure this is a pretty bad week for the running backs i mean in a in a in a, in a way it was good because there were no major injuries no 
Javon Williams type right. things. But uh, Kenyon Drake definitely turned heads. He is only 5% rostered, had a fantastic day, 10 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this was his first 100 rushing yard game since week 10 of 2020. Currently the RB4 and half PPR scoring with one game left. Now his role was clearly augmented in the second half because star running back J.K. Dobbins was held out of the entire second half due to this knee discomfort related to the turf at MetLife Stadium. I don't know if you guys remember this, but like a couple of years ago, a whole bunch of people got injured on this turf. So the entire San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, exactly. Like yes, the, the entire 49ers team the got in- hurt on the turf at MetLife. Right. And I was working for the New York Post at the time and I was like, is there something going on with this turf? I mean, it didn't right. translate to wins for either New York team, but uh, certainly is something to keep an eye on because J.K. Dobbins is coming back from that torn ACL. I, I don't think this was like a major injury but it could mean like they think about load management a little bit more. So, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake could be someone that ends up sort of returning value there. They also face Cleveland's defense next week, who is there just super porous against the run. They haven't been able to stop anyone, been torched by Ramondre Stevenson, everyone like. Uh, so I definitely like that matchup. He's he, he would probably be like my top one. I mean, Deion Jackson is the one, the hero of the week. If you want to say that, I mean, he was 40, 43% rostered, definitely looks brilliant. Um, it's like there's no shelf life on him, probably, right. because uh, Jonathan Taylor seems like he's going to return. I mean, it's possible that, you know, because he was so involved in the passing game and he caught 10 targets last last week. So, I mean, maybe because he was so involved in the passing game, they they start to use him as a change of pace back. But that's kind of what Naheem Hines is. And I, I think that Hines is going to return. He is yep. in the concussion protocol, but it's probably another week or so. So Deion Jackson is maybe like a flash in the pan type situation. I mean, it's great if you if you had him and you started him. Um, and then the rest of the guys, it's, it's like a whole bunch of bums. Uh, Dan, I've got <laughs> Caleb Huntley on here um, from the right. Falcons who split carries with Tyler Algier. Neither of them were that exciting. Um, we talked about Foreman and Hubbard. Um, Jalen Warren is someone I would say keep an eye on, even though he had a very bad game. Um, Mike Tomlin did said he did say he wants to get Jalen Warren more involved. And uh, the week prior, he actually outsnapped Najee Harris. And with Najee Harris's sort of like speckled injury history, I would say definitely Warren might be worth an ad, especially in deeper leagues. You know, I'm intrigued by that. You know, I, I think I made the point whether it was last week or previously, right here on the Fantasy Flex, rookie running backs of which Warren is one they te- they tend to grow in touches in trust and in production as the season goes along you mentioned Warren but also you know yesterday we had a big game out of Brees Hall again another nice effort out of um, Kenneth Walker the third in Seattle we saw Robinson lead the commanders in touches on Thursday night and so we're now starting to get to the point where these rookie running backs know the playbook no pass protection and can also be kind of a fresh body and get more and more opportunities. So that Warren call is interesting. I wonder though, with Drake, I really do wonder if um, JK Dobbins is going to be healthy or not because in the last couple of games with Dobbins there, Drake took a definitive backseat. So I do recommend checking on the kind of status and the prognostication on JK Dobbins before spending fab budget on Kenyon Drake. What about you, Mike? What kind of running backs are on your radar? 
are? Or do you agree with Samantha that these guys are all scrubs? <laughs> yeah, my best advice is don't waste any of your fab budget okay. this week. <laughs> um, look, Drake is interesting, especially if, if fab budget's not a consideration, if you, if you just have a high wa- waiver priority, because he's the hot hand right now. And J.K. Dobbins, if J.K. Dobbins does play a lot, he is not J.K. Dobbins yet. He has not looked great recently. Gus Edwards is supposed to come back, but he's not supposed to be 100% for the rest of this year. So there is a chance that Drake could be the guy with the most pop and, and they could go with the hot hand, but it's just, it's too crowded to expect anything major there. It's even more crowded in Atlanta. I would not go chasing uh, Caleb Huntley because, you know, just because he got those touches, he's already splitting with Tyler Algier and just wait till uh, two more veterans come back uh, off the injury list, uh, including Cordell Patterson there. So if you're just playing with, with a roster spot, the idea of someone like a Jalen Warren or a Mark Ingram who might turn into a lottery ticket is probably a much better bet. You know, and I like something you said there, Mike, like you don't have to put a claim in every week. (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't like to be quite honest. There are some leagues, especially leagues where I'm doing well, where I purposely, even if there is a decent ad out there on the wire, I save my priority, you know, especially if I have a good team, because I'm going to use that in case one of my guys get injured, then I know that I can kind of pivot with confidence that I'll get the guy when I really need him instead of these speculation plays. So I like what you say there, Mike, in terms of not having to make a claim or use your budget or priority every single week. Let's move on, though, to the wide receiver position here on the Fantasy Flex on the Action Network podcast. Samantha, one of the guys you have is a Steelers wide receiver up at the top. And I want to ask you because A week or two ago, we talked about Pickens, another Steelers wide receiver. And I said, I thought that would be great connected to Kenny Pickett because they were both working with the twos. Then all of a sudden, Pickett gets hurt. Mitch Trubisky comes back. And then on key third down situations, it was Trubisky looking for this guy who you say could be an interesting one on the waiver wire. Yeah, Chase Claypool obviously was phenomenal. It looked like it was a very tough matchup on paper against the Bucks, but he caught all seven of his targets for 96 yards at a touchdown. Uh, this was by far his best game of the year. He is the wide receiver five and a half PPR heading into Monday night. Tied Deontay Johnson for targets, outshined Johnson and Pickens, to your point. I, I mean, I would be wary of going all in on Claypool based on one game, though. Like, this is a guy that I'm not, totally sold on. Uh, I mean, it is a juicy matchup coming up against the Dolphins, whose past defense has been pretty bad, uh, have allowed the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. So he's kind of like a risk reward type guy, but like his whole career, he's just been that boomer bust type guy. Like he has a three touchdown game and then you never see him again. So I don't know if that's what's happening here, but I'm, I'm not willing to go, you know, half my fab budget for this guy. I w- maybe if you want to toss a couple dollars and you're really lean at the position, but uh, he's not m- really my favorite ad. I would say Rondell Moore in the near term, we talked about him right. would be probably the preferred higher priority ad. He's 46% rostered. So he's out there just over half of the leagues. He has definitely been a target hog, like I said, and um, Brown's out. So it, it, it's, it looks like a good situation, at least for the next couple weeks. Um, Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell actually both had good games. Now to Mike's point, this could be chasing some, some points here, uh, just because, you know, there's, there wasn't really much to suggest that Campbell was going to have a good game. He just kind of came out of nowhere. Pierce though, has been 
trending in the right direction. Um, four straight games with eight or more fantasy points in half PPR. So, I mean, I liked him as a prospect. I think he's he's just an exciting type player. He's a big guy. So um, they play they face the Titans. We already talked about that matchup. That'll be a good one. So I like him there. And then Tyquan Thornton. This was his second game of his NFL career. Uh, caught the touchdown. It actually was used as a running back a little bit too. So um, he did miss the first couple games of the year with a fractured clavicle. But I, I don't know if you guys remember this. He ran an unofficial 4-2-1 at the oh. combine, um, which was going to be like a combine record. It was later ruled a 4.28. But uh, I mean, obviously, clearly just a speed demon. So uh, if the Patriots actually look pretty good with Bailey Zaffi under center. Uh, I don't know if this is just like a reinvigorated offense or whatever, but Tyquan Thornton could have some deeper league appeal, especially if you play in any kind of like keeper format. I would really like to roster him there. Yeah, but just like you said, a reinvigorated offense could just be because they were facing the Cleveland Browns defense. Ramondre Stevenson went this off. Is true. Remember, Austin Eckler the week before that I think ran for like 170 plus. So we'll see about that. Hey, Mike, um, before I have I have a question for you for inside knowledge, but before we get into that, any wide receivers that you're intrigued by on the radar here on the waiver wire? Yeah, I feel bad. I, I I mentioned last week that I really wanted to like Alec Pierce, but couldn't trust right. the, the Colts offense enough since they couldn't even get Michael Pittman going. Little did I know that they were going to throw for 389 yards and get every receiver going. So so I, I agree with Samantha on Rondell Moore being the one I would pick up this week. But both Alec Pierce and maybe Wandale Robinson as long-term stashes, if you don't need to start someone this week and you want to keep watching them. I was a little surprised my, my old colleague uh, at ESPN, Jordan Ronan, uh, uh, has seen so many receivers come and go in New York. I thought he might poo-poo a hot day for Robinson, but instead he went out and he said, here's my fantasy advice. Go get Wandale Robinson because, you know, he thinks he's an actual talent that, that was only held back from the games he missed and might be a guy who quickly emerges in this receiving course. So that makes him kind of, kind of interesting. And another one, this is the absolute boring pick, safe pick, but maybe if you're in a really deep league, Zay Jones just keeps being clearly the number two receiver in Jacksonville. I mean, he's getting the touches, he's getting the snaps, he's getting the targets. Um, so that that's a little different than some of these other places where we're trying to figure out three and four guys keep taking turns. Zay Jones is always their, their top two guy. No, that's true. And listen, Jacksonville is going to be a kind of throwing offense with Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson at the helm, right? And so I can see them being in some negative game script games as well coming up looking for Zay Jones. What I wanted to ask you, though, Mike, I had this thesis, right, that we talked about here that, you know, oh, Kenny Pickett equals George Pickens because they work together in training camp. They practice together with the twos. And then, oh, Mitchell Trubisky, he looks to his familiar target in Chase Claypool. Is there any merit to that in general? I know it's a case-by-case basis, Mike, but is there any merit to the fact that these guys do build chemistry with the kind of ones or twos that they practice with, and if they get out there on Sundays, they look for the kind of familiar set of hands. Is that plausible? Do you hear about that You know, when you're around in the NFL, um, that there are guys who get uh, more familiarity or a better chemistry with certain guys and then go to it when they get you know, kind of the chance? No, I think it's absolutely plausible. Um, and, and exactly in the scenario you said, when a, when a, the second string quarterback has been working with the second string receivers all summer okay. long, that was a little different in New Orleans. But Andy Dalton talked about, you know, feeling 
you know, Jameis Winston missed a lot of time this offseason with an ACL injury. So he said when he got th- when Andy Dalton got thrown into the game, he said, I actually got to work with these guys a lot this offseason. And that made a huge difference in my transition being with with my first year with the team. I think you hear that very often when, when you see. Okay. Uh, and I'm trying to think now if that has been the case with anyone that Bailey Zappi has been going to in New <laughs> England, because whatever, whoever Bailey Zappi is throwing to, it's working right now. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, the Jets have gone from Joe Flacco back to Zach Wilson, and Mr. Elijah Moore has not been targeted as much, and he had something to say about that, although he tried to couch it in the context of how he's saying something but still not saying anything and being a good teammate. I've got one last wide receiver to throw out there and it's going to sound really really ugly we talked about guys coming back deandre hopkins for example on 87 percent of rosters there's a guy coming back i believe from ir who's only on three percent of rosters and i'm talking about green bay packers wide receiver sammy watkins okay we see that the packers cannot figure out what they <laughs> want to do at the wide receiver position we see that aaron rodgers does not build trust with young wide receivers very quickly i could see a universe where when sammy watkins comes back he does all of a sudden become the number 2 targeted guy behind alan lazard just because aaron rodgers trusts the veteran to like know where he's going to be on certain routes. Remember, he got hurt a few weeks ago. He is slated to return off of injured reserve in the next week or two as well. So just another name to throw out there. But with that- He is slated to return from injured reserve is like an evergreen statement for Sammy Watkins, okay? (laughs) That's true, that's true. (laughs) If he can stay on the field- (laughs) So if he can stay on the field, I mean, that's one thing, but it's it's also not week one. That's the only only week that he can can do anything apparently. For those who are only listening to the audio version of this, I I can only describe Samantha's face as unconvinced while Dane was making his pitch. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. You know who else on Green Bay? Samantha started out being unconvinced, but she's got to be convinced by now as we go to the tight end position. I am talking again about a Green Bay Packer, my guy Robert Choppin Tunyons, who I think led the Packers in targets and receiving yards in their loss to the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. I've been talking about him, Samantha for weeks and now he's got to be on your list too at this point he has been definitely on my radar i'm not a non-believer of tunyon or anything like that 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 was a crazy game i mean it i did not expect the packers to lose to the jets and the giants and then they're all just covered in sauce that's all it is they're covered in cheese (laughs) sauce that's all exactly yeah um but yeah uh obviously tunyon was one of two packers to have a good day i mean lazard found the end zone but uh, caught 10 of 12 targets for 90 yards is the tight end five. So, I mean, he's as good as you're probably going to get off of these waiver wire type guys. We've talked about them being touchdown dependent. At least he's got some targets around him right now. And to your point with Rogers, not really trusting uh, or maybe placing a lot of trust in these younger type guys, it he could start leaning on Tanya and especially in the red zone. So I like him there, especially if you, you have a, a tight end on by this week, he's 42% rostered. Any other tight ends that you're that you're liking? Because again, we've got guys, we have got teams on by, you know, that actually are rosterable. I mean, Dawson Knox is on rosters and he's going to be on a bye this week. Dallas Goddard is being relied upon from fantasy managers and he's going to be on by this week. Are there any others that you would see as something more than a dart throw? 
Yeah, so I think Noah Fant's been interesting. He's been interesting for the past couple weeks, caught six of seven targets for 45 yards. Disley is the one that started out with the really hot hand. I mean, he had three touchdowns in the first four games, and now he was just held to one catch last week. So I think of the two, I mean, Fant, we kind of forget about him because he just had some brutal years in Denver. But uh, And we didn't expect much out of him. We didn't expect much out of this whole Seahawks offense, to be clear. Uh, It wasn't specific to Noah Fant or anything so uh he's been pretty surprising he's only 11 percent rostered so he's out there in a lot of leagues he's got the chargers giants and cardinals coming up next so i like that we already talked about mike gasicki um he could definitely be a bi-week streamer i mean look i i had i had a a guy actually it wasn't even a bye week i had pat fryermuth as my only tight end in my 16 team league uh so he's out and i had to pick up Cameron Bray, who got injured during that game, of course. I mean, that's all that's on the waiver wire. When you have a bench of 10 guys in a 16-team league, like, I I don't carry two tight ends in that league. So that kind of stunk. I mean, Kate Otten could be a nice name if you're in a really deep league, too, 6% rostered. And then the last guy I'm going to mention is Hunter Henry. He was actually one of my sleeper targets, and maybe I was just a few weeks off here, but uh, he's coming off of – a couple pretty good games. Um, week five, he caught four or five targets for 54 yards. And this week, he caught four of seven targets for 61 yards and a touchdown. So with this offense looking a little more reinvigorated, I don't mind picking up him as a bi-week replacement. Okay. What about you, Mike? Any tight ends that are on your radar? I know Samantha covered a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of the bottom of the barrel. You've been on this <laughs> Jags offense, though, talking about Zay Jones. Evan Ingram has been involved there in Jacksonville a little bit as well. But you're giving me that uh, yeah. face yet again. Mike. Well, yeah. I mean, Evan Ingram is like the standard, uh, uh, you know, well, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's, he's probably the least volatile of all of them. If you want your five points, I guess, or, or whatever it is, get, get Evan Ingram. Although I will say, it's so funny that Samantha mentioned that I'll brag because this never happens. I found out last night in the press box and I see that Dalton Schultz is out. And I, mm. for some reason was unprepared for it in my 20 team league. So I picked up Ooh, Jake deep. Ferguson and Jake Ferguson wow. might be the difference between a win and a loss. So every once in a while, it's better to be lucky than good at this. But no, uh, Robert Tunyon's the one who actually kind of interests me because you're talking about quarterbacks who trust guys. Aaron Rodgers has spent the whole season having trouble finding someone he can trust. And, and I have a feeling that that could continue because that's a guy he has depended on in the past. And, and maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's something to that. You would want to, you do like the, the trend you've seen with Hunter Henry, but also John o. Smith is starting to ramp back up True. and Tyquan Thornton is back. So I don't know if the opportunity will still be there for him. It's hard to trust Gesicki unless Jalen Waddle misses time. Uh, but I did agree. If, if Samantha hadn't mentioned Noah Fant, I do like the, uh, the, the upswing we're seeing there. But if you're relying on any one of these uh, guys, then you're in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, Look, I everyone's mean, in think, trouble if you don't have Travis really or true. like Mark Andrews <laughs> at this point. So. <laughs> Or like a Zach Ertz or a Taysom Hill, for goodness sakes. And I'll tell you this, like, honestly, someone listening to this podcast right now in your league, like someone is going to be forced to like drop Dawson Knox this week because they don't want to, and but they have to go snap 
them up if you're hurting at the tight end position. I don't think it'll happen with a Dallas Goddard type, but there are some, it happens with the bye weeks all the time. And we are now firmly entrenched into the bye week. So you always want to look at that and see who's coming back off by or get ahead of it and even take the hit for a week, knowing you have a, a definitely viable starter moving forward. Well, that has done it for another edition here of the Fantasy Flex Podcast. Dane Martinez, Samantha Braviti, and Mike Triplett trying to give you everything you need to win your leagues win that cash always remember you can hit samantha up on the mailbag as well mailbag at actionnetwork.com the best ones out there she'll respond maybe on social media or maybe right here on the fantasy flex so hopefully you've got everything you need to hit the waiver wire get another victory and keep on with that playoff push and one thing i know is we'll all be back here next week trying to give you some more insights on the fantasy flex thanks for joining us today we'll see you next time. Oh.